Could you please introduce yourself to our audience? I am Khadim. I am uh, from Afghanistan. I am Hazara and I used to live as a refugee almost all of my life. Uh, I grew up in Pakistan and my family went to Pakistan actually when, during the civil war. So I grew up in Pakistan. And uh, in Pakistan, the situation was very volatile for Hazara people and the target killing and all those um, incidents or terrorist attacks on Hazars forced me to leave Pakistan and my family and escape to Indonesia. Uh, in 2013, when um, the Taliban bombed my school and killed 126 people, that was the, that, that was the time when my family and I decided that I think I had to leave. Before that, I didn't have a plan to leave Pakistan. I just I was happy with my family, but that bomb blast, uh, which killed my classmates and close friends and relatives, that was the time I decided that I had to leave and uh, and find a peaceful place. So Indonesia was one of the options. So I flew to Indonesia in 2013. And then you moved to Indonesia in 2013, being in a transit situ- situation. And we heard like you guys were in limbo. You guys also established a learning school. Yeah. What was the <laughs> biggest motivation behind establishing the uh, learning school for refugees and asylum seekers? The biggest uh, motivation behind the school was the children, the education. Uh, when I left Pakistan, I couldn't finish my high school. And uh, when I went to Indonesia, uh, my friend and I, Muzaffar Ali, we were sitting all the day and talking about kids because we were seeing all, all and every day the kids were on the street and the community were scattered. And they even were not talking with each other. There was no community there and, and nobody was thinking about the kids. So we gathered people and we were thinking that Education is a human rights, and we have to find a way to give our children education. That is the, the least we can do, because we were seeing that. I could see that, that we had the potential, we had the capacity. So it took us nine months, actually, to bring the community together and, and talk about education. The biggest motivation, I think, for me personally was I grew up in a family where all all my family members, including my siblings, they are uneducated. And I was thinking always that what is what will be the solution to end this dilemma? And the kids in Chisarwa deserved that. So in 2014, August 2014, we finally rented a room, a place, a small a small place with only two rooms, and we started the school. And now, after four years, we have 12 schools and 1,500 kids are going to school with 100 volunteers, refugee volunteers teaching them. Wow. So, Khadim, I just want to ask you again, just so that the listeners get an idea of uh, why you were all in Indonesia, what was the reason that people were in this limbo situation? Would you like to just talk a little bit about your own effort to, to come to Australia, ending up stuck there in Indonesia, and why other people are there? Actually, I left Indonesia because Indonesia was the cheapest one and also uh, because of my siblings. Two of my siblings live in Australia, my sister and my brother, and I wanted to come to Australia to be with them because they were missing from my life many, many years. Even I didn't see my niece who were born in Australia. So one, that was the reason for me personally to 
hopefully to Indonesia and hopefully get to Australia. But it didn't happen. I tried four times to come by board, but it didn't happen. And then, and then I was waiting here for a humanitarian visa to get to Australia. But also, again, it didn't happen. So a lot of people come to Indonesia. It's one of because it's cheap uh, and also it is less dangerous compared to going to Europe. Yes. So that is the reason that uh, thousands of people flee their home and come to Indonesia. That's right. I think some listeners might not realise that Indonesia is still allowing uh, refugees who end up there on their way to try to get, you know, to a, a safe, established country. They end up kind of stuck, as you say, in limbo in Indonesia um, because Australia has closed the gates and said that no one will get in by by boat and no one will get in who has even attempted to come via Indonesia. I'm not sure that listeners realise that there are thousands of people all over um, the Indonesian archipelago, even up into Kalimantan and other places. So some people are in the community, like those around Tizarwa, and then there's an enormous amount of people who are actually in immigration detention. Isn't that true? Yeah, we have 13 detention centres in Indonesia. 13? All over Indonesia, and we have 14,000 refugees living in Indonesia. So most of them are in detention centres. Around 5,000 live in Cisarwa, which they receive support from their family members or relatives or dairies. They have some savings from back home. Yes. But here's the thing. Refugees are not always trying to get to Australia. It's not true. They're looking for a safe place. That's it. Yes. They mm. don't care about coming to Australia. I didn't care. Uh, then I, when they sent me to America, I said, good. Yes. I want to go to America. And that's how I went to America. I didn't... For me, the thing which was important was uh, I wanted to go in a place, in a safe place where I could go to school without fear of being bombed. That's right. I could go to school without fear of being a bullet in my head. I wanted to be in a safe place. That's all which was which mattered to me. And when they said, we're going to send you to America, I signed it happily because for me, I wanted to be in a safe place. That was that's every. That's what every refugee thinks. That's what every refugee wants. It's not about like, oh, they really want to come to America, Australia, to see kangaroo, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not about that. It's safety. No, it's not like that. They are looking for a safe place to be. What's your least expectation from the Australians to, to do any good for the refugees living in Indonesia hopelessly? Well, uh, I think uh, not only Australia, but uh, every country who are part of 1951 Geneva Convention, they are they have some obligation towards refugees because these countries are involved in, in, in Afghanistan directly only or indirectly. So they know the situation and they know what's going on in Afghanistan. I think Australia or America or all these countries can do much more and, and help refugees in Indonesia uh, and in, in Bangladesh or in Thailand because those refugees need support. And for, for Australians, I think the best way to support refugees are, is to, uh, to accompany them while they are uh, in transit, to, to support them. For example, the, 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 the simplest way is to, to, to Skype with a refugee, you know, to talk. about the money, it's not always about the support or what if I describe a refugee, they might need money. No, it's not about the money. It's about just emotionally support 
a refugee who are living in transit and all they need is a company and, and someone to listen. That's the least what Australians can do. Yes, exactly right, Hadim. And that's been expressed by, you know, many, many people and hopefully that sort of thing will continue and people will maybe jump on to the uh, website for the staging post. They can. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about just um, the promotion, the Chuff campaign that you've got going about the film and the Learning Centre? We are supporting the refugees in Indonesia. It doesn't matter that Muzakar and I are uh, settled in Australia and America. We, we would love to accompany refugees and that's why we started a charity in Australia to support refugees in Indonesia and we started a campaign, you know, a chat campaign uh, to raise money and to support refugees in Indonesia. And please, if you would like to watch the film, go to the stagingpost.com.au or our Facebook page, Sarwa Refugee Learning Centre. Just follow the journey and join the refugees and, and just see what they're doing. Yes, that's great. Thank you, Khadim, for giving us your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, giving me time to talk. Have a good day.